Welcome to Live Leadership, Innovation, Ventures, and Entrepreneurship, a podcast that showcases the talents, skills, and abilities of UT faculty, staff, and students. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, Associate Director for Student Learning and Development in Housing and Dining, and we're excited to have you listening to us. Welcome, everybody, to the Leadership, Innovation, Ventures, and Entrepreneurship Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Brandon W. Jones. And as always, I have a very special guest with us for today, none other than Etanosa Oberborn, who's one of our community coordinators over in housing and dining uh, here on campus. Etanosa, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. How are you doing today? You know what? It's a Wednesday. I'm excited. I'm happy. And you know what? That means that the week is almost done. So I'm doing okay. (laughs) I'm doing okay. Listen, I'm I'm excited. Thank you. I'm excited to have you on the show. Been wanting to have you on for a long time. And I think that the live live audience, the live nation is going to be excited to to hear from you and hear your perspective and, you know, see see what kind of cool things you're up to. But before we get into uh, the, the, the meat, as I like to call it, why don't you do us a favor and tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from and how you ended up here at the University of Texas at Austin. Yes, of course. Um, I always joke around and I'm, I always start off like, oh, well, I was born February 12th and that's just <laughs> too much, too much information for y'all. But um, I am from originally from St. Louis, Missouri, and I am a Midwest girl through and through. Um, grew up in St. Louis and then made my way to the University of Missouri in Columbia, where I got my undergraduate degree in, uh, I have a bachelor's in health sciences. But once upon a time, I wanted to be a dentist quickly realized that was not my passion in life. Um, And then after I graduated, I had the opportunity to move right along to Kansas City, Missouri, where um, I started off being a college counselor in a high school through the College Missouri College Advising Corps, which I fell in love with. Um, After my two years stint there, I decided it was time to go get my master's. And so I went to, again, the University of Missouri in Kansas City this time, and completed my master's in education administration with an emphasis in student affairs. Um, and it was there where I was like, oh, this is this is where I need to be. I like this higher education thing. And so during my time in school, I had the opportunity to be an, a KUI intern. And with that, that led me actually to the University of Texas at Austin to work at UHD, and I fell in love. I have a love for big schools. I don't know what it is. It's probably my undergrad. Um, So I came here for a summer, loved it, fell in love, um, went back, almost finished my degree um, until I saw an opportunity to come and work full-time here um, out at the university apartments. And so... Here I am, a community coordinator out at the University Apartments working with our graduate students. So that is my journey to UT. Now, for our audience members who don't know, ACUHO I stands for the Association of College and University Housing Officers International. And this is the um, association that uh, works with campus housing and residence life professionals. And so uh, every summer and uh, throughout the year, uh, we have uh, interns on campus. We're going to have two this year. And sometimes, depending on how well things work out, um, as it did with Etanosa, 
it turned into a real t- a real job later on for you. So uh, just shouting out a kuho eye there. And so I was yeah. like, let folks know what that is. <laughs> Definitely. Now tell us what what does a uh, community coordinator do at the university apartments? Let's start there. Yeah. So my position, again, like I mentioned, we primarily do apartment style living. It's a little different than our residence halls and we have our graduate students. So we have students who um, are getting their master's or PhDs out there. Um, Me particularly, I oversee and manage the Brackenridge Apartments, which is our family housing. So we have uh, students there who are living with us who either have like a spouse, a partner, um, parents living with them or they have children and whatnot. And so those are the parameters um, that we have at Brackenridge to live there. And so we do a lot of things very closely with our facility staff and we do similar things as programming um, out there in residential curriculum to ensure that our students are also getting um, a college experience um, and with the lens of having a lot of international students. So we get to take that into consideration and learn more about their experiences, what they like, what they're looking for to get um, as a student at UT. We, we learn a lot about their degree programs um, and how we can help them, I don't want to say transition, but help them just have a more comfortable time um, and an easy way of living um, out here in Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And I think that that's important to note because the experience of someone living in uh, graduate and family housing is a little bit different uh, than someone living in the residence halls. Can you talk about what that's like uh, here in Austin specifically? Because you got, we're in the city of Austin, we've got the state capitol literally right across the street from the main campus, and Mm -hmm. then we've got uh, residence halls, and then we've got 2400 Oasis and all mm-hmm. the other apartments that we don't own in Res Life, but that are just there. And then, of course, uh, further away, we've got you all over in our graduate and family housing that I don't think a lot of people know about. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about having graduate and family housing at an institution of higher learning, especially in a city like Austin, Texas? Yes. Um, I always think it's important to say, like, I think traditionally, when you think of college students, you think of the residence hall, that first uh, year student. And so uh, a lot of times our graduate students, I don't want to say ignored, but it's kind of like an afterthought. And so with our housing um, at the University Apartments, it definitely um, invites them to be a part of the UT community. Um, we're a little further, like you said, away from main campus, which allows people to really live in the city of Austin without having um, the, I guess, curated um, experience of UT, right? So people really get to um, create an experience for themselves where they're like, I get to walk super close by to Zulker Park and I get to go on the trails and I get to see a different part of the city um, than what's on main campus. And I think that's really important for our students because again, with family, it's like their kids are going to school. They're becoming a, uh, a part of the Austin community mm-hmm. um, and not just like the UT. So there's the UT community living with UT residents and students, but then you have this wider range of being part of the city of Austin. And I think that's a unique experience for our graduate students. It's like not so close to main campus where we're working really closely with our undergrad students, but far away enough where it's like, I still have my space 
but I still feel part of the university. Why do you think it's so important uh, for our listeners, especially those who are, you know, parents getting ready to send their students here or grad students considering coming to UT or wherever they find themselves at this point in juncture when they're listening to this episode? Why do you feel like it's important to find and identify within a community once you get to a place? Yeah, that is such a great question. I think this is a big world. This is such a huge (laughs) world. UT is a huge community. It's a huge campus. Um, And I think just the pockets of like, either living in the university departments or residence life kind of thing allows people to kind of just narrow down and be with like-minded people, right? Um, you you get to find people who are in your, I like to call them niches, but in your niche, have similar mindsets, who have similar goals kind of thing that you can connect to on a, we're all students, we're all in this together. We, we understand the high points and we understand the low points. We can celebrate these things that are happening in our academic careers. And I think that's an important thing when you're building your support system. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that it's a great opportunity to meet new people from different places. And I specifically with um, graduate housing, like I said and mentioned before, we have a large international population. So people are coming from all over the world um, and still having to connect on this, like we are UT students. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that uh, higher education institutions allow students to get and to thrive in and learning how to interact with different people who have different perspectives who um, are about to share things with you from their cultures. Wow, that that that's amazing. So what about for those international students that um, that choose to stay with us and they stay with you all, what are some of the things that you offer that's so unique and different that they wouldn't get living anywhere else um, in Austin, for example. Wow, that's a great question. You know, I think the university departments are amazing. Um, (laughs) I think one of the biggest things is people working in res life. I think we have this uh, perspective that says like, we want to take care of our students, right? Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that we are giving them a place to live that says like, we understand you are a student. We understand that your work that you're doing is super important. And we want to support that the best that we can. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if you'll get that in the city of Austin, just um, living anywhere. I think um, at UT and in UHD, we want to curate an experience. We want to help. We want to hear people um, where they are. And so that not only are we learning from our students, but we as a department can really cater things um, to help them thrive mm-hmm. um, and live their best lives. I love that. I think that's what I'm going to call this episode, a curated experience, because um, for, for, for a couple of people that don't know, I want to transition a little bit. Um, because you, you, you've done a couple of things. You know, you talked about wanting to be a dentist and then finding your fit within higher ed. L- let's go back to that because I want to do, do that and then I want to go a different direction. Mm-hmm. What made you change your mind about being a dentist? Ooh, you know, science classes are hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, literally, it was my dream since I was five years old to be a dentist. Um, and then those science classes were like, um, I think we should we should figure out something else. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Science classes at, at, at the college level or science classes in high school? 
um, in the college level, I could, I passed the ones in high school. I was like, ah, easy bet. College said, nah, this is, we're a little different here. Um, but I mean, I graduated with my degree in health sciences thinking I was going to go into public health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, this, this feels more so something that goes along with my strengths and who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my dentist dream was killed shortly. Um, <laughs> so why, but, but, what, but what was it about public health that was, because there was something attractive about it. Yes. Um, I, right? yes, I love the aspect of helping people. I think that's a generic thing to say, mm-hmm. like everyone wants to help people. For me, um, I wanted to be a dentist because I, I very much enjoy laughing. I enjoy smiling. And I was like, if I can help give that gift to other people, no matter what their dental hygiene record is looking like, that would be a gift that I could give to the world. Um, and then once I figured out dentistry wasn't it, public health became my focus because I was like, oh, like as a dentist, you help one patient at a time. Like you can only help a certain amount of people. And then I saw public health helps a wide variety. And I was just like, I'm a big picture thinker. I'm an idealist. And so I was like, oh, public health is the way to go. I'm still helping people, but I'm doing it in a larger scale. Wow. Um, yeah, so that was why I had this passion for public health, and that slowly died too. <laughs> <laughs> but you're so because because and the reason why I'm asking that question is for our listeners. You know, we've got freshmen that are going to be coming to college. Yeah, for this episode, we've got current students listening to this and their parents, and mm-hmm. some of them, as I and I've said this on several episodes, some of them are so afraid of changing their mind. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got to this point in higher education where. We are so afraid of changing our minds that, you know, oh my gosh, that means I got to go meet with my academic advisor, yeah. change my major. But oh no, my parents really wanted me to be this engineer, but I'm not good at math. And mm-hmm. I'm going, but you're very good at writing. Why right. are we not pursuing this when this is your passion area? Right. And so that's one of the reasons why I brought that up. But you have found a way to still maintain your love for helping people, one with your role uh, here with us in housing and dining, but I want to shift gears and go into one of your your, your side projects uh, because you know in higher ed we got side projects. A lot of yeah. us, you know, have some side projects, and so I want to talk a little bit about enhance the individual. I want to talk about uh, some of the some of the work that you do through the enhance the individual platform. Can you tell the audience? What is Enhance the Individual, how it came to be, and what you do with that? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love It's like a love-hate relationship talking about Enhance the Individual because it is my brand. It is me. It is me at the most um, genuine and authentic level. So mm-hmm. Enhance the Individual is uh, my brand and business. Um, I started, and it's like a blog and stuff like that. So I started it actually in college um, with the hopes of being like a fashion blogger, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was like, I love clothes. I was really getting into fashion in college, and I was like, oh, I love the fact that I can share with people um, ways to like get themselves dressed and find positivity and boost the, their self-esteem and self-confidence through clothes. Mm-hmm. And so I purposely chose the word enhance because like the definition is like to rise to the next level, um, to level up and stuff like that. And I love that. That was something for me that resonated personally because I was like, how do I become the best version of myself? Mm-hmm. Right. How do I become the best version of myself? And I was like, 
we're going to do this. So it kind of transitioned. I got really tired, not tired of talking about just clothes, but it was just like, there has to be some meaning. There has to be some connecting between my love for helping people and my love for like building up self esteem and confidence with this like fashion aspect. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of evolved into this like um, self-love, self-care, self-promotion, self-enhancement brand that said like, hey, like we, we have rough days, but there are ways to get out of it. We can sit in our feelings, but we have to remember like tomorrow is still a scene for us. If, if you can find things that make you happy, material things can make you happy. I love clothes. I love getting dressed for myself sure. um, and just pushing out that positivity. Um, and so that kind of was a big blog scene. And then the whole thing about influencing came about and and content creation came about. And now, again, like you said, I started to curate this brand that said Enhanced Individual is about um, rising to the next level so that you can become the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that took off and resonated with a lot of people on the internet and on social media and Instagram um, that said, wow, like, you know, I like this positivity. I like this charisma. I like that she's able to like share um, just, you know, her personal life with people in a way that's still uh, an optimist mindset. Um, and so, yeah, and so uh, Enhanced Individual is definitely still evolving and transitioning. And like I mentioned, it's, be it's become a business um, mm -hmm. that still has that uh, mission statement and vision statement that says, like, we're still here to uplift and help people rise to the next level. And I always say in all aspects of their lives, but um, right now it's more so in the beauty industry. Um, and that's, that's what Enhanced Individual is. It's, it's my brand, it's my business, it's my baby. It's something that I very much resonate with and tell everybody and their mom about, so. <laughs> no, and I think, and, I, and I'm really glad that you're, that you're you know, open and sharing that because what you've essentially done is you took an interest that you had during college and you took some, you took some ideas and not only have you created a, a, a business out of it, but you've also found a way to merge the skill set that came mm -hmm. from that. Uh, Cause when you talked about, cause earlier when you were describing the work you do, you literally said we curate experiences right. at, uh, at the graduate and family uh, housing over, especially at the uh, apartment complex that you oversee. And so for you, you've managed to take those things and use the changes, the changing, the change, you changed your mind, but you still want to help people. Uh, you've taken that passion and that interest and that energy for helping people. And you've created this thing, this, 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 this content, this lifestyle influencing, as you say, as it says on your Instagram, I love that. It's just content creator, lifestyle influencer, right? Yeah. Um, and you're doing something to help enhance. I love the fact that you chose that word enhance. What is it about helping to boost self-esteem? You said something very key there. And I know with college students, you know, self-esteem can be big one day and deflated the yeah. next. And I'm talking about big, you know, at a party or walking yeah. across campus or being that new freshman at, at a school. But then you get those first grades of the semester and self-esteem is low or come yeah, midterms. How high is self-esteem at that point? How do you help students or, or people in general? How do you help people navigate um, 
keeping that self, maintaining that self-esteem during those difficult times. Right. Especially during uh, times like COVID right now. I feel like I have to tell my story on how this works. Oh, so boy, my, my experience in college was like, I you know reflecting back, it's, 20, hindsight 2020 right reflecting back I was somebody who I felt like hid behind a lot of people like I I didn't necessarily know myself very well I didn't necessarily understand who I was as a person and not that I was trying to be other people but I was mm-hmm. more so observing what I felt like confident people were doing like why is this person like getting attention like how is this person like doing these things how are they fearless how are they confident and I vividly remember being a part of the Mizzou Black Women's Initiative in college and they asked us to write kind of like a letter to ourselves or like or characteristics of how we envision ourselves to be in like 10 years and Mm so I remember writing this I was like I want to be a confident successful person and da 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 and I'm all about manifestation. So I think writing being sound is huge, right? Um, and another piece of my story in college is like, I almost failed out. Like I almost failed out of Mizzou. Oh, um, tell us more. Hearing yeah, yeah. <laughs> it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I almost failed out of Mizzou. I had lost my scholarship. Like oh, my parents were very much like, you've got a semester to get your life together. And my, you know, the university was like, you've got a semester to get your life together or else it's not going to work out. Oh, man. Yeah. And so I had to really look at myself, um, especially in college and say like, you know, and believe like the only person who is able to change this is me. And I have to believe that I can do that. And that's my biggest theme. Like I, I started to think like, well, there are resources on campus that are literally meant to help me. I started to go into, I forgot what it was called. It was called ARC at Mizzou. And I want to say it's like academic resource center or something. Sat down with one of those coaches. She laid out to me, like, here are study habits. Here's what you need to do. You need to check in with me. And I was like, okay, great. GP, I changed my emphasis area to public health which really fit into my strengths, right? And I said, okay, I can do this. Um, and I did. I graduated. I got my scholarship back. And so for, from there, like after college, I was like, wow, I was able to do that. I was able to, even at my lowest moments, I still believed I could do it. I might have not had the best self-confidence. I might have not had the highest self-esteem, but I believed that it was going to get better. And I believed in the woman that I envisioned myself to be, that I wrote about. Mm. And so for Enhance the Individual, it's more so for me. um, And even as a student, this is what I would tell students. I was like, you have to believe it will get better. Or you have to believe that today is today and that tomorrow will be tomorrow. And mm-hmm. every day, oh, my brother told me this. He was like, because he wakes up really happy for some strangers. And he was like, well, I wake up with intention. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my 2021 words is in te- to be intentional. Yeah, I was like, yeah. you, you get to choose which words. You get to choose what you're going to do. You get to make decisions for yourself. And so um, that's probably what I would tell students. I was like, it sucks today. It might suck tomorrow, too. Um, but you, you get to change things and you get to be an optimist if you want to be, and you get to find the silver lining if you want. Um, and that will care. I believe that will carry you a long way. And I think finding people who want to help you, like I still credit ARC to my success at Mizzou because like without them, like just giving me the tools to be successful, I don't, I don't really think I would have had the confidence to think like, Oh, I'm going to go get my master's. Oh, I'm going to like, 
do this business thing and stuff like that. There are people along the way who are going to believe in you and trying to identify those people, I think really helps mm-hmm. um, with the whole self-esteem and self-confidence thing. Um, but I do say like, it definitely starts with believing in yourself. Mm. Why do you think it's important for people to know their strengths? Cause you said that a couple of times uh, during this episode, why do you feel like it's so important for people to know their strengths? You know what? I think it's a confidence boost. Okay. Maybe I might have a big ego and I want to, I want to hear the themes that make me amazing. Okay. And so <laughs> when you talk about strengths, you literally, cause I took strengths class in college and that's when I learned about it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you're right. I do do these things. I am this way. This is how I work about people. And you just get to be hyped up. Mm-hmm. And the whole, you know, the whole basis of strength quest is like, stop focusing on the weaknesses and like mm-hmm. work on your strengths and, or work in your strengths. Right. Um, and I think that's super important because it's like, you're naturally just doing these things. You're naturally thinking this way. This is how you naturally interact with people. And if you can figure out, um, what type of job, you know, or what type of organization or what type of leadership position or whatever you want. I just think, I personally think it makes life a little bit easier, just a little bit. It's not that it's not challenging. Mm-hmm. It's just like, wow, like I know, for example, um, I'm a futuristic person. Um, and <laughs> I'm, a, <laughs> oh yeah, that was number one for me. And another one is like, I'm a relator. So when I'm talking to people, some of the things that I instantly do, I'm like, so like, what are your dreams? What are your hopes? Kind of thing. Um, because that motivates me. And I, I truly want to help people reach those things again, <laughs> rise to the next level. Um, <laughs> so I think it's super important for people to learn about those things and sit with themselves and think, how do I work in this? Mm. I love that. And the thing that I like about, you know, uh, we had Dr. Shauna Sobers on the show a while back and we, I mean, we spent like an hour uh, just talking about being, how why knowing your strengths can help you show up and be the best version of yourself. Uh, because when you talk about that, we're talking talent and investment and then strength. And then your strength is that ability to consistently provide that near perfect performance, which equals your best self, right? Mm-hmm. And so knowing what those strengths are is very important. And so I'm always plus one in anybody that's out there thinking about taking the uh, Clifton Strengths uh, assessment, I would encourage it. I don't care who you are or how old you are. I would tell everybody. I mean, obviously we don't want to be five, you know, you can't take it. <laughs> I don't know if five-year-olds are listening to this show. <laughs> My son is five and I know he's, he's not listening. But anyway, um, what about, you said something else a second ago. Um, you said, I believe in the woman I wrote about. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's huge. And I know that at orientation, and I know that at the beginning of every new year and every new academic year as well as the calendar year everybody writes goals or resolutions or visions or mood boards or vision boards and mm-hmm. we we manifested we um develop or we move in that direction or we don't but the question that i have for you is why do you feel like it's important for people to believe in the vision or the goal or the person that they see themselves becoming as a relate as a, as a uh, result rather uh, of 
actualizing or following through on these goals that they set for themselves? <sighs> that is such a great question. Um, that comes with a lot of just like reflection and introspection, right? Um, I think our world has this theme of trying to pull people down, right? I think there's a lot of negatives in our world. And if you are able to have this sense of belief, I think that that itself is amazing, right? I think there's a sense of like, you have this belief that it's really hard to change somebody else's belief. Sure. And then thinking like you have to believe in this person that you envision because uh, I, maybe it's just me. Like, I don't, I don't uh, enjoy being aimless. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not that I, I would say I'm the most goal oriented person, but um, I think there, it's nice to know that like, wow, like I am working towards something every day. I am trying to do things that help me get there and understanding that it really could take you a, a while to do that, but you are doing things slowly. Every once you wrote it down, like your brain um, is calculating like, oh, this works. I like this. This is might be a new to me, but I know this is going to be advantageous to me. And slowly and slowly and slowly you wake up one day and you're like, wow, I can't believe I'm here. And you reflect like I'm reflecting with y'all right now. I can't believe I'm here. I did not think this was going to happen. I had no idea that I would be this confident person. I had no idea I would be moving to Texas. I had no idea whatever it could be for you. Um, but believing that is um, imperative to, I think, working hard, right? And working right. consistently. Sure. Um, yeah. And just, just knowing that it will happen if you believe that it will happen. Yeah, no, that, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing. And you've been giving us, you've been dropping some major gems uh, this episode. And I'm like, Man, you know, we, we, it's we, just we, something I do casually. So let's talk about fashion. I mean, mm -hmm. clearly it's, it's a subject uh, that's near and dear to your heart. Why fashion? Of all the things in the world that you could be utilizing your, with your willingness and desire to help people with, why fashion? Why is fashion that thing? Not that that's a bad thing. I'm just asking, yeah. what is it about fashion that draws you in? I guess that should be the question. What is it about fashion? Uh, well, mine stems from my mother being a fashionista. Like growing <laughs> up, like my mom could dress, like it didn't matter where we were going. She could dress, closets were just magnificent. Mm -hmm. um, I think clothes is what I realized, especially women's clothing, even men's clothing, but women's clothing specifically is something that, everyone is just so expressive, right? Like I know my personality, I know other people's personalities and we could easily be like, oh, I love this piece for completely different reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's okay, right? Like I, I love the fact that there's so many fashion designers and stores and whatever, and they make all these different pieces. And so many people can look at the same piece and be like, this fits me. Mm -hmm. This showcases my personality for whatever reason that is. And it's something that you can appreciate, right? It's, it's a work of art. It, it's something that's like you can be creative about. Um, and you can be, you can celebrate. I think also being like a Nigerian American person, it's like, it's such, it's embedded in my culture that says like, we wear these things because it showcases our culture. Okay, now I'm wearing a dress because I like the way that it fits. It could be a flowy dress. It could be a fitted dress. It could be a long dress, right? There's so many options to showcase who you are as a person. And that's kind of why I gravitated to clothes. I, 
I, I tend to think like, wow, someone could either be very expressive with themselves. Someone can be very nonchalant with themselves. And that's a true represent. It can be a true representation of somebody. And for me, it's a confidence boost. I like, I like the way when clothes fit me, I'm like, ah, oh, you can't tell me anything. <laughs> no, no, now, again, we work on a college campus. Uh, why is that so important on a college campus? Because, you know, it's college. It's college. I think college is one of the first times you get to really take fashion, clothes, whatever, into your own hands. And you'd be like, this is who I am as a person. And the thing about clothes is like, you can go through phases. I was not wearing what I was wearing when I was 19. I was still wearing tie-dye t-shirts and like, I don't know, limited to shorts. And I was like, I'm killing it. Um, and at that phase in my life, that's what made me happy. That's what made me feel confident. And I think it's like, again, like I said, expressing yourself, college is a time to express yourself. I think there's a sense of freedom that you get, not just being away from home and learning how to live alone, but just being able to outwardly express yourself to the people who are just going to see you on campus, right? You gain a confidence that says, I chose this for myself today. Sure. Because this is how I'm feeling. Um, and then I think it's also like a conversation starter. There's so many themes talked about around fashion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think we speak specifically about fashion, but we speak about the connotations fashion can have um, on different identities in someone's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I just think it's one of those things like you get to choose and you have the autonomy to choose. Um, and that is... And we are here to praise you for it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. And I was just thinking about like, you know, here at UT, you know, on the speedway, like that's a runway. OK, like oh. that, that that is the runway. Like, and every, sure. school, every school has, you know, the strip, the drag, the walkway, wherever people are walking and there's high traffic. That that to me was, you know, the the fashion scene. And so if you were going to see people you know, wearing their best or they were going to be hanging out in front of the, the, uh, the union or the co-op, whatever, the, the, whatever you call it on your college campus, that's where the, the magic was going to happen. And that was going to be the chance to do like what Will Smith said on the summertime song, drive two miles per hour. So everybody see. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the beautiful thing about fashion. And I, and I think that, you know, you do such an excellent job, you know, as, as I look, you know, look, looked at the, your Instagram account and I'm constantly just marveling at just like, wow, you, you really about this life. Like this is, this is what you want to do. And while working on these college campuses, like you, you're also working to enhance the individuals stylistically uh, through fashion and through tips and all these wonderful things. That's awesome. What's one thing that, uh, whether it's related to the work that you do or whether it's related to enhance the individual, What's one thing that you haven't told uh, our listeners that you're like, you know what, this would be something that I would want to know if I'm a parent or I would want to know if I'm a student coming to UT or as I think about my own fashion journey, what's that one thing that you, you would want people to know? Oh, the one thing that I would want people to know about, uh, ooh, that's a hard one. Um, Take the risk. I think 
I just takes the risk kind of thing. And uh, I would honestly say, and I know not everyone is wired like this. I was like, take the risk and think the best will come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably what I would say. I think there's a lot of worry and there's a lot of things to be timid and scared about and afraid of, which everyone has their right to do. Yeah. But um, I think the quote of like, you can't grow when you're comfortable is it's prevalent and this is this is a time, especially in our society, a time for change, a time for risk taking, a time a time to just have those uncomfortable conversations because like the best could come out of this. That's what I would say. I like it. I like it. Well, listen, Etanosa, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us today. I know that the listeners are gonna get a lot out of this. And I'm just thankful that you were able to get you on. Make sure, make sure, make sure you are spreading the word about this episode. If you're not already subscribed on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts, please make sure that you're doing that. Or if you're not looking at any of those platforms, you can always go to the Liberal Arts Instructional Technology Studio website uh, here at UT Austin, and we'll be more than happy to point you in the direction All you got to do is go to podcast.la.utexas.edu forward slash live forward slash. We'll put all that in the notes. Don't worry about it, folks. Uh, But other than that, thank you all so much for listening and make sure you subscribe, make sure you share, make sure you comment and keep listening. Y'all take care. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. To catch the next installment, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. This podcast was recorded and edited in collaboration with the LAITS Development Studios Audio Department. More information can be found at liberalarts.utexas.edu LAITS. The intro song was composed by Ian Herrera, and you can find his work at ianherrera.com. The outro song was composed by Noah Keller. And you can find more of his work at noahdkeller.com. We'll see you next time.